Welcome to Bookmarked, where you can take a pause and dive into the wide world of literature. This episode may contain spoilers. Listen at your own risk. The views expressed are the views of the participants and are not shared by the Benton School District. And just as a general heads up, this is a Stephen King novel that we're going to be reading today, so this is your trigger warning for themes of suicide, depression, death, gore and horror, just your general adult themes. We'll be discussing a scary novel, and I'm sure when we say the author, you'll recognize it immediately. It is The Long Walk by Stephen King, but it is written under his pseudonym Richard Bachman. It's actually the first book that he ever wrote. I heard that too. Isn't it like when he was 17 that he wrote it? I think he did it like when he was in college, I want to say. But it's like, I think it's one of the, it's like a few into his pseudonym is Richard Bachman, but it's his first ever story that he wrote. Yeah. Which honestly, for a 17 year old, it's very impressive because while I really enjoy reading, I am not the best writer. (laughs) Like I would never be able to produce something that good. Mm -hmm. So it's, so I guess we'll start with a quick summary of the book. So, our main character is Ray Garrity, who's from Maine. I think he's from Freeport, which is a big deal in the book, is Freeport, Mm -hmm. Maine. And they live in a society, um, it's a dystopian slash horror novel as well, where um, they host this, what they call sporting event every year that's called The Long Walk. And the idea of it is they take 100 teenage boys... I don't know the exact age range, but I'd it's imagine it's like teenage. 15. I think there's a 14-year-old in there, so, so like 14 to 18 range, mm-hmm. um, who all apply, and they have to get psychological testing done. They have to get f- fitness and physicals done, and they have to fill out an essay to apply to be part of this huge sporting event that happens once a year. Now, the thing that makes it different than most sporting events well, modern sporting events, this might have happened in, like, ancient Rome, perhaps, is that only one person can survive. And the point of of the sporting event, which I'm sure you can get, get from the title, is that these participants start at, like, the northernmost, like, part of Maine, And they walk down the United States, and I think they usually get to, like, halfway across New Hampshire. They just genuinely keep walking until there's one person left. Until there's one person left, and each person gets three strikes. Each strike is one minute in between each one, and a strike goes away after you walk for an hour without gaining another Mm -hmm. strike. And I think a lot of what drives the story is the characters and the walk itself where throughout the story we're being introduced to different aspects of the walk and the walk itself it's almost like it's it's its own character kind of in the novel that you're learning about like it's its its own there is a big like bad dude that's in control of the walk but it's almost like the walk itself Mm -hmm. is the enemy because and these teenage boys were naive and did not realize just how bad the walk was until they were on the standing line starting line and going Mm -hmm. and it's through the walk that they start to learn this isn't as cool as they thought it would be because once again it's a huge sporting event that everyone participates in there's hundreds of people lining the sides of the highway as they walk and people are holding signs they're trying to advertise their products like cheering yeah they're like 
they're so excited. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like walk. a good, just kind of general, like interesting part of the walk itself, just like why people sign up to do it. Because obviously it's all teenage boys that can do it. And it's like, it's part of, I think the point of the walk is that it's kind of, they didn't really think of the consequences of their actions and what it means. Like really the main character, Garrity, he felt like he always had this draw to it, but I felt like he didn't really understand what was at stake until the first boy. I think, was it Curly was his name? I believe so, yeah. Curly like, and then Ewing. Yeah, yeah that's they, what it was. They get, like, murdered right in front of him. It's yeah. very graphic. It's very, yeah, it's not great. Mm -hmm. And I think a big theme in the book is, in fact, teenage ignorance. Like, a lot of the things that they have the characters like the character situations are things that we normally associate with um growing up with really. no not even growing up with naive teenagerness like there's this one character named scram who already like has a um has a, a child at a 18 child. he's about to have a child and then for instance ray garrity doesn't have a father and oftentimes mm -hmm. in society a lack of a father figure is something we see as something that can set them up for set teenage boys up for issues later down the line which i think is a interesting little detail that stephen king put in there that i just realized mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we're learning as we go we're, yeah but it's just like that's cool it's definitely that. yeah like it's very intentional that it's teen boys are the characters and one of the parts i think really makes it interesting is just like mentally how they all cope and deal mm -hmm. with the walk itself because despite like how like they're pitted against each other and obviously only one of them can like live for mm -hmm. the most part they're all friends like they're all getting along on this walk like uh garrity for instance is best friends with uh mcfreeze mm -hmm. uh baker i think art baker um he forms a weird friendship with Stebbins. Um, there's also Abraham, characters like that. They're sprinkled in and they're all very unique, I think. Mm -hmm. And they bring different sides to the story. Because it's not really like the characters against each other. It's more of the characters against the walk, walk. and against... Not necessarily the society. I think that kind of ties into another thing that I want to talk about, which I feel like it's very easy with this book. To compare it to something like The Hunger Games, which is obviously more recent, you know, more yeah. recent, it's a very popular young dystopian mm -hmm. novel. And I think, like, one of the most interesting comparisons there is that in that series as a whole, like, the characters aren't choosing to be in The Hunger Games, and that kind of drives why they would want to cause a change. Why but they start the rebellion. Yeah. These characters, they're, they're signing up for it, and even by, like, the end of the novel, there's not, like, a real revolution. I mean, you see little hints of people trying to, like, and the participants trying to fight back, but there's really Escape, no... Escape, they try to fight back, they try to destroy some of the vehicles. Yeah, but there's really no, like, big, like, widespread... Like, it keeps going by the end of the book. Like, nothing really changes in the society. I think, I think the main difference between these two is that The Hunger Games is more uh, society against government, mm -hmm. whereas The Long Walk is more man against government. It's because. Almost... The participant, mm. the people watching, the spectators, have no issues with the yeah. walk. They love the walk. And matter of fact, they get excited almost when someone buys their ticket, which is a euphemism for getting killed. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, 
one of the things there, I mean, is man versus government. I also think, like, it's a really big look about, like, man versus self kind of tying into, like, because the walk itself, you only have to think walk at, like, a four or five mile pace mm-hmm. to survive. Yeah. But, like, it's so challenging for these characters to just keep up that basic task of walking and, and to find to go. And to find yeah. the motivation within themselves mm-hmm. to keep going. And I think an example of, like, where even the society realizes that it's all in the motivation is Scram, the one who we mentioned earlier who already has a family, um, is, is, has, has a family and is the one who's projected to win. Mm -hmm. Because he has motivation, great motivation. Ray Garrity has a girlfriend named Jan that we learn about, but oftentimes the characters even mention that they don't think that Ray's girlfriend is going to be big enough motivation for him throughout the story. It's really, like, I mean, it is to an extent. That's kind of what keeps him going. But once he gets past her, like, it, it does not feel as big of a motivation as it feels like it would be for him or he wants to make it out to be, mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah, because they meet Jan in a mm-hmm. free port. We're yeah. not gonna. We're gonna try not to spoil that. We're not gonna get too deep into Another it. Another part of this, like I mentioned earlier, it was King's like first book that he ever wrote. I think it's really interesting to see kind of the '60s time period influence that it has on the book. Like King, on his website, talks about how he had you know, hear on the radio these 50 mile hikes during the '60s and how. He would want to participate in them, but he never really finished them. I think it's very interesting to see taking something like this 50-mile hike that's being organized in the 60s and then turning into this dystopian, like, murderous kind of long walk, I guess. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of a video I saw a while ago where about this man who organizes these huge ultra marathons Mm -hmm. where, like, the competitors run like a hundred miles in like 24 hours and like one person usually finishes it. So I, I watched that documentary a while ago. I don't remember exactly where you find that, but mm-hmm. it's interesting. I think it's a very interesting kind of thinking about like what influences played into the writing of the book and looking at it now as kind of, you know, mm-hmm. what it would be like. Then. Yeah. Also seeing, you can tell it's the sixties because of like, a lot of the attitudes that the guys have to the people around them, what mm-hmm. they talk about, it's all, it feels very much like the 60s, even though it's probably written supposedly in the near future, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like a contrast watching it now. Like you see, it's like a this futuristic kind of society where they have all these things, but yeah. Like it's, you have a contrast with the 60s kind of mindset and lifestyle. Yeah. And something else with the society I'd like to talk about is um, the whole spectacle around the long walk itself. We kind of like touched on this earlier, mm-hmm. but just how involved the spectators are willing to get into the long walk. Like, I remember in one part of the book they mentioned how the spectators go, ooh, ah, when someone dies. Something that you might see or hear at like a hockey game yeah. when someone scores a really good score. But it's like literally watching somebody die in front of them, and it's like you would. And these are we don't. I don't think there's a specific on how long it's been happening for, but this is not like a, a new thing, thing in the book. Also, the spectators are constantly fighting over trinkets of the walkers. For instance, mm-hmm. there's one point in the book where Garrity's shoe, 
shoes start like break breaking basically like the heel falls off so he decides to take both of his shoes off and the spectators wait so they can go and collect the shoes and keep it as a souvenir and they almost fight over it it's crazy and the circumstances around it is something we would never feel is bad and i don't think the characters in the long walk realized how just how insane it was until they themselves were the walkers they've been like desensitized to it watching it through you know the lens of someone looking kind of on the outside but then when it's your own life that you're watching it's your own kind of you know walk it's much more important to them i guess yeah and i think that kind of is what like eventually drives them and makes them like go insane because of this walk there's countless examples of of characters that just kind of lose it on the walk like there's Tubbins, there's Olsen like Olsen he goes like completely blank basically like yeah like a shell of a man not really a person I think it's just like like we kind of talked about earlier like the mental aspect of it like it drives them to such extremes like they almost get kind of enveloped in this idea of death and like what it means and kind of just about mm-hmm. as a whole especially Baker Ray Garrity also shows signs of having fascination with, like, what happens after he mm-hmm. dies. Like, he even, like, asks Olsen what happens, what happens, because in his mind, Olsen, like, he sees him as walking as a human corpse, would know. Yeah. But, and Olsen, like, replies with some gibberish before. And, like, it starts very early on. Like, I think even with the first Walker's Death Curly, I think one of the big things about that scene is that Garrity doesn't look away. Like, he watches it happen intentionally. And he says it didn't... That was, I think, also the point where it fully dawned on him, Curly's death, that this was for real. Like, he said part of... Whenever he realized that Curly was about to buy his ticket, he almost thought, in a way, that their guns were just going to have a big flag pop out that said bang Mm -hmm. rather than it actually happened but it did because it was an actual like death that happened before him yeah like when you're watching it happen to other people like we said earlier doesn't seem as real then them watching it they can't really turn away from it either like they're in this race this could happen to them Mm -hmm. not really at any moment but just like it's it's going to happen to one of them at some point if they're not the last one at least 99 yeah at least Plus, I plus it's mentioned in the book that sometimes even the hundredth person doesn't mm-hmm. make it that long yeah. after they. And I almost wonder, like, is it worth it for them? Because we get kind of a like taste of like what the possible prizes might be for one who wins. Obviously, you don't get nothing for out walking ninety nine people. They mm-hmm. there's mention of a cash prize and also being able to get whatever you want. When you win. Now, we don't know if there's any limitations to that or what exactly there means, but Mm -hmm. there's mentions from characters of, like, I'm going to live in a mansion. I'm going to provide for my family, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I think another thing kind of, I mean, there's obviously, like, the monetary and physical rewards, but another thing that's really kind of focused on throughout the book is how, like, this is a sense of pride for people. Like, Mm -hmm. it's, especially for the teenage walkers, it's kind of like, I don't know what the word, it kind of, like, encapsulates their like masculinity and makes them feel better about it by being in the walk like they're more masculine for taking part in this and doing it they think they like have 
made it because they're a part of this walk. Mm -hmm. Some of them don't have that viewpoint as well, though. Like, there's some characters who thought of the walk as a big joke. They're like, oh my gosh, guys, look, I've got my letter that says that I'm going to be in the drawing for the walk. That's one of the things they do to choose people for the walk is they draw 200 names out of the people that pass both the physical and the mental test. But that's not because they, like, it's, like, purposely, like, you know, we're choosing people as, like, it's because they have too many people that want to do it yeah. not because it's like there's no one that wants to do it, so we just have to choose people randomly like there's too many there's too many there's i think we mentioned like there's thousands of people in one age bracket for one gender mm -hmm. like like thousands of people in general nowadays signing yeah. up for this would be crazy let alone only teenage boys being allowed mm -hmm. to sign up i just think it's like it's really interesting kind of watching them Especially, I think it's kind of in, is it Cries? McVries. McVries, that's what it is. And Garrity's like, they're, I think they're really the two closest kind of characters we see interact in the book. Oftentimes, like, saving each other's lives, not getting into too much of it. Mm -hmm. but, but it's like, watching that kind of relationship, like, develop and what they discuss. Like, especially, like, you know, Drinley, I think... I think the biggest themes in the book are about death and masculinity yeah. and society. And a reflection and they... of oneself, mm -hmm. because a lot of the book is Garrity reflecting back on who he is as a person, and I guess almost coming to terms with who he is outside of the walk, knowing that there's a strong possibility that it was all going to end very soon. Yeah, like, it's like... He, he goes into it kind of, not to be like cliche, I guess, but he really goes into it as one person and he knows that he's either not going to leave or he's going to leave to someone else. And I think one of the greatest messages in the book itself is, hold on, I forgot what I was going to say, but I think it's less of a horror, horror story rather than a reflect a reflection like we mentioned more. i see it almost like a psychological kind of book. Yeah. it's really diving into the depths of the human psyche and yeah like and like what lengths it can be driven to yeah this has been bookmark thanks for listening and catch you next week music is by fez lion studios thank you